This podcast. This podcast. This podcast is Intel enhanced. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. I'm Lizzie, and I'm Lindsay. And we are back answering lots of your burning questions, as always, doing our best to help you muddle through the trials and tribulations of life, even though we've got no idea what we're doing either. (laughs) (laughs) We recommend listening to this podcast on the Entail app, where we like to share photos, especially embarrassing ones of Lindsay from when she used to go out a lot in her late teens and early 20s. We're relevant. (laughs) And it's just a really nice visual way to listen to a podcast. So that is our recommendation. Now, we asked, as always, on Instagram for your questions, and you very kindly asked us lots and lots. And we decided this series, we're just going to go at them at random. We thought about structuring it more and then decided that we would enjoy listening to a medley each week as opposed to something too themed. So off we go with medley number one. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are with medley number one. (laughs) Okay, so as Lizzie said, we've got some burning questions for just everyday life and everyday things that happen that you don't know how to deal with. So here we go with the first question. What do I do when I don't think my friends want to be my friends anymore? They keep leaving me out of everything and I don't know what to do. Do you know what bothers me about this is that it instantly sounds like the friendship group are all planning something. I know, bitches. When it's all of them and it's not one person having a bad time and therefore withdrawing. No. It, it sounds really calculated, so you've, act, you've got to confront it in some way. You really have. I've been on the receiving end of this before, once and once only in my life. I would never let it happen again after it happened the first time, because blow me down. It really, <laughs> <laughs> really, really was not a good place to be. Um, you have got to confront it. The long, like, a long story short is you've got to speak to them about it. And you know what? Find out why it is. And if they're, you know, if they've got the balls enough to actually talk to you about why it might be or what they're up to then you might be able to resolve it but if it is just that they're just being little bastards then you have to walk away from that friendship group because obviously it's quite poisonous and you deserve so much more and you deserve friendship that is reciprocated in a way that makes you feel good and and supported and not like you're being left out we're not in school like it's just it's not it's not appropriate and it's not acceptable no and it is a bullying tactic that because it it excluding someone makes you feel so small and awful Mm. would you say Lynn, that if she's gonna confront them would you go in and give them the benefit of the doubt and sort of say i've been feeling this and i just wanted to let you know to see what you have to say about it or would you go in a bit stronger without the benefit of the doubt firstly this is a boy this is one of our absolutely wonderful male listeners and um I reckon yeah I just think I don't think you need to be soft in going in with it I think you just need to be really upfront and say I don't feel good Mm. is there a reason why I'm not I've not been invited to this it's often more helpful if you've got a real something that's proof and something that's tangible to be like you know, you all went to the cinema. I mean, not in this day and age, are you my kidding? You you <laughs> you, all, you all went for a walk, um, <clears throat> and or you've got a group chat going where you or you keep meeting up for zooms or something without me, and I and I caught wind of it, and I just wondered why I couldn't come because I would have loved to have seen you all and kind of be direct, but take a soft approach. So whoever's doing it, I mean, it's not your job to micromanage how they feel, but this the type of person that this is obviously gets off on the power of like 
being in a bullying role and being able to exclude you makes them feel bigger. So mm-hmm. try and go to them with your, your hat in your hand a little bit, even though that's not how you feel, to try and get some kind of proper conversation out of it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. When this happened to you, did the person deny it because that's why I was asking that question because sometimes when something like this is going on it's all too easy if the other person's not going to be kind to go oh no you've yeah. just been paranoid that's not happening exactly and, and then exact- you're left like oh, oh god I'm now being, what do I do I'm being weird yeah no exactly I was ex- met with the exact that <sighs> like exactly that like they the person was completely like completely denied that they'd done anything wrong that they'd ever left me out that there was ever a problem and that maybe you know I needed to relaxed a bit and stuff and obviously I was it just it's just so upsetting to be met yeah. with that when you know 100% what is going on yeah. yeah so you really have just got to tackle it and I think in this situation if that happened god forbid you just got to say to yourself that your feelings are facts of course they and are that that's enough of a reason for you to be coming to them with something and that yeah. then if they deny it that also tells you so much of their character that you probably just need to end the friendship which is so Absolutely. hard but Absolutely. And one of the things that we always say is that it's so much more a reflection of them than it is of you. Um, Mm. So please try not to let it make you feel small. Um, In the instance that I was in, there there was one ringleader, shall we say, and then some other girls that were actually really lovely, kind people, and they got roped in to behaving in this quite mean way, like in this bullying way. Mm. And yeah, they should have been strong enough to see that that was wrong. Um, but actually, on the outside, none of them are friends anymore. And I'm mm. in touch now and again with the people with, who got roped in by accident. So there might be a scenario yeah. there like that as well, that it is just one person being an absolute dick um, that you need yeah. to kind of cut out and then the rest will kind of like chill. But yeah, don't don't beat yourself up because this is absolutely not you. No, definitely not. Mm. Okay, on to the next. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've got a good one here. Go on. I'm living with the guy who I was with last year, but he's now shagging one of my housemates. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, God. When I read that one, I was like, oh, hell, that's at home. And you're at home all the time at the moment. Oh, my God. And having to listen to them shag. Right. I'd love to sit down with this person and get more details out of them. Um... It, I think it depends on, like, whether you've still got feelings for your ex or not. Like, listening to anyone have sex is not great if you're not having sex. And especially, <laughs> it, that doesn't sound like you are. So it's not like you can go and get your frustration out with somebody else. Um, oh, God. Yeah, it depends where your feelings are for this person anymore. Like, and if you've signed off on that being okay with your housemate, like, are you close? Do you... It, oh, God, there's so many factors here to consider. I know. But, and I were, did you did they this girl and the guy hook up initially because they were living together? Like have they all always been living together? Or I was wondering, did the guy move in with her as his girlfriend and then they split Stop. up? Stop. I just don't know all the details. My mind went all over with it. Oh my god. Right. I would say like if you're emotionally involved in this a little bit, then you need to probably have a conversation with one of them at least. And I, I don't fancy sitting them both down in the living room over a glass of wine to be like, guys, you've got to stop being bang at it because you're, you're upsetting me. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think that's the only thing that you can do is like express how you feel if it is something that you're emotionally involved in. Or is it just like a bit of pride because we're all locked up and you're like, hang on a minute, I was with you last year and now you're shagging somebody that I know that is my housemate under my roof like and I don't want to deal with it. And in normal circumstances, yeah, yeah. This, probably, this wouldn't be happening because, you know, the pandemic and everything. Um, so yeah, I think you, if it's making you feel uncomfortable, you do have to say something because you live there too. Yeah. But if you're emotionally attached, I know that there will be you know, it's a much more tricky conversation to have, but you still need to have it because this is your house and your life as well. And you, you've got, oh God, oh bless <laughs> you, is all I'm going to say. Oh, do you want to give me a phone number and I can have the conversation with them if you like? <laughs> yeah, get Lindsay on speakerphone in the living room. <laughs> yeah, listen, you two, enough is enough. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Oh dear. Okay, yeah. Well, if you yeah. want to write to us with more context of that as well, like, well, we can delve deeper into this in another ep- episode yeah, for part please. two of help, help for you. But yeah, we hope yeah, you're there's, okay. There's a lot more I feel we need to know around that one. Yeah, there is. There is. Okay, right, I'll go next. So my next question is, I want to go and study abroad, but my boyfriend of five years wants to stay here. What should I do? Christ. My instinct is to tell you to go Mm. I I just believe so much in doing what you need to do in your life to make you happy and the relationships around you the relationships that you're in will withstand the test of time if it's meant Mm. to be and as hard as it is to to think that you're leaving somebody that you love and that you're moving forward with your life in a different way you've got to do it because you will regret it so much yeah I had an experience like this where I was on the receiving end and I was the person left behind for a year whilst a boyfriend, an ex-boyfriend of mine went away um, to Australia and that was probably the single most kind thing I've ever done by saying, you have to go, because he came to me saying, I've got this opportunity but I'm not going to go and that's that, that, that was his sentence and I was like, you have to go, you can't not go to Australia for this job opportunity because we're in a relationship and it mm. killed me but... I had to meet him with that support because that's that's somebody's life. That is like one of the most amazing opportunities. And I would hope that you are met with the same support when you bring it up. But for me, and knowing what I know now, like if I was in my early 20s, I'd be really sceptical about going. I'd be too scared, I think, because I'd be like, oh God, I'm so in love and so wrapped up with this boy or girl. And I think it would be a different story. But knowing where I am now at 33 there's no way that I wouldn't go. If I got an opportunity to go now and mm. be away from my boyfriend of four years, I would go. Mm. Like, I, I would go and do that because it's life and you've got to grab these opportunities and have these amazing experiences that are going to help you grow and develop. And, you know, I think you've just got to have the conversation and, and, and see if you're met with support, but you've got to be brave and do it. Yeah, I agree. And also the point that you would made about if you regret it, that could so easily turn oh, to resentment yeah. in a relationship as well. Of course. Um, which could actually, you know, your relationship might withstand this distance and this time for however long it might be. And yeah. the resentment that might come from you saying no to an opportunity like that might actually be more damaging to the relationship than having the distance. Yeah, definitely. And exactly like Lynn said, like long-distance relationships are totally doable. It's a much more hard work, but they're not impossible at all. And... it sounds a bit airy-fairy but if something's meant to be and you are meant to withstand this together then you will both make it work um and it just needs to be supportive on both ends again like Lynn said yeah definitely I would also go if it was me yeah 
that's a really exciting opportunity as well. So I hope that you are excited and not just worried um, about what it's going to mean for your relationship. Just try and think of how how incredible that will be and how proud of yourself you'll be when you finish studying in a, in a new country. You might get to learn a new language, you'll meet so many people, you'll experience so many different things that you can't experience at home, wherever home is for you. Um, so go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Go. <laughs> Okay, this one I really liked. Um, are we too focused on being happy? Do you think we would actually be happier without that terminology? This one really got me thinking. Oh, God. It got me thinking a lot because day to day, I feel mm. like I'm quite miserable. And the same mm. goes for you as well. Honestly, I'm like, quite miserable at the moment. it is. And we really <laughs> hang on to if we get a bright moment, we're like, yeah. oh, my God, rejoice, everybody. The spell is broken. We are yeah. now happy forever. And then you wake up the next day and you feel doom and dread again. So yeah. it's just a sign of the times massively for everybody at the moment, isn't it? But I think there's definitely something in that within happiness because... I recently started to see a therapist and every t- at the beginning when she asked me what I wanted to feel I would say happy and she's like no we need to drop that word because um happiness is encompasses so much we need to pinpoint exactly what it is those feelings that you get like what is it that brings you joy what is it that makes you feel secure what is it that makes you feel fulfilled like using different words to describe happiness as a whole Mm -hmm. and like what is it pinning happiness down sort of thing Mm -hmm. and that's been really useful for me because I'm like oh I'm not happy or like but what is it what defines it all Mm -hmm. like you can take small moments every day of like right I've lit that candle it smells amazing that's made me happy today and it's not it doesn't have to be this giant thing of like okay everything's upside down and therefore I'm not happy Mm -hmm. it can really be broken down into lots of little parts and I think it is detrimental to be like on this path of happiness when mm-hmm. maybe we don't stop and take stock of what that looks like for us individually. Yeah. I think as well that like happiness can't you can't strive for happiness as a constant state. No. Because even if you achieved if we think of what right now what you imagine you need to feel happy all the time. Yeah. As soon as you had that, there would be the next thing that you need. And that's just of human course. nature. I don't think we can ever stop doing that. So it's impossible to ever achieve that goal of constant happiness. And you also need all the other emotions as a frame of reference for when you're feeling happy. And like exactly like you'd said, Lynn, about taking apart what it all is. Like the other day, I told you about this already, but I was really miserable on Sunday and feeling sorry for myself. Mm. <laughs> and I was on the sofa watching TV and was like trying to really think about what I was feeling. And I wasn't crying or anything. I wasn't sad. I was just off in some way. And then I was thinking to myself, well, maybe this is actually happiness because there's a level of contentment, but there's some discomfort in it. But that doesn't mean I'm unhappy as such. And that was why I really liked this question because it was focusing on that word happy. Like, well, I'm struggling because I'm not happy right now because I'm sat on my own sofa on a Sunday and I don't want to be. Yeah. But if exactly what you'd say in there, if I broke down that terminology and thought about what I was feeling probably wouldn't have been quite so woe is me about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which would have been better. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, if we always look at the bigger picture, it can it can be a little bit overwhelming to be like, okay, what do I need to change in my life to make myself happy? And you're exactly right. Like, if we didn't have discomfort and moments that of sadness and feeling upset or, you know, uncomfortable, it's just... Mm-hmm. How do we define then and reframe what happiness is without all of that? Yeah. So it is a journey. It's a massive process. And 
we all will be up and down, like generally in life, and especially during this time where the world is feeling really unclear, uncertain and scary. And, you know, lots of us aren't with loved ones and haven't seen them for a long time. Like, and for me, that's where lots of my, what I would call happiness comes from and joy is from my family. And Mm. I can't see them at the moment. So it's, you know, we've got to reframe how that, how, what that means for us all. Yeah. Yeah. And it is so much about trying to be present, which I know you and yeah. I are both dreadful at. Oh, God, Because Jesus. I think it's so easy to, like I'd already said, look forward and imagine what you think is going to change and make you happy. But you kind yeah. of need to accept that you'll get to that point. Yeah. Or you're probably already at a point that a few years ago you thought, oh, when I get to there, I'll be happy. And you, you're probably at that destination and oh, God, yeah. to the next thing. Yeah. And then that combined with the fact that like, when you look back at a time that you consider yourself to being happy, like, oh, I was so happy last summer. Yeah. always remembering that like memories are always false to a certain degree and so whatever you're feeling there or, or whatever you imagine you were feeling then mm-hmm. there'll be so much that you're also forgetting or sort of you put your rose tinted glasses on to the past as well when you're of that course. way out of on the pursuit of happiness basically absolutely like if we if we both had to think about last year or well, not last year because last year was dire as well but the last time we were abroad <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe when you were in japan or yeah, like the last yeah. time you and i both were um abroad i was in australia new zealand you were in japan you were in japan you had an amazing amazing time yeah. but you actually think that you probably had covid while you were there didn't you and you were very very poorly yes yeah and so as yeah. much as an yeah, amazing exactly. trip and experience you had, you were really poorly and powered through for the first few days, not knowing what it was and why you felt so dreadful, but yeah. knowing what you know now, probably you felt like it might have been the dreaded COVID. Yeah, I, but... ate, a lot. I ate a lot of cough, cough sweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and then me in Australia, New Zealand, like, yes, it was the most amazing trip I've ever been on. But by the time I'd gotten to New Zealand, I was, I'd, and I went on my own on my own, like... And I stayed in a cabin in the woods, essentially, like on a beach. And it was pitch black. There were no street lights. There was no power on the island. There was nothing. And I was petrified. And I didn't sleep for two nights because the electricity ran out and I couldn't, um, I couldn't charge my phone or anything. So like, that's a moment where, I, all right, I'm in New Zealand. So this is like glorified, but I keep <laughs> but thinking, scared. yeah, but I'm scared. But I, I, you know, I'm like, I keep thinking back and I'm like, I was so happy there. I was so, so happy. And then I'm like, do you know what? No, you were petrified and you wanted to leave the island pretty sharpish. So everything is with rose tinted glass. It's like, oh, if I could just go yeah. back or if I could just do this or, you know, obviously holidays are like the main thing everybody's fantasizing about at the moment. Yeah. But it isn't all fucking roses, is it? Like none of it is. No, so just remember not. all of that. It's, you know, to be desperate yes. to go back to a certain time. There, there's always hardship around everything. Hardship, yeah. she says, in New Zealand. Honestly, what a tosser I sound at the minute. <laughs> God, that's a really bad example. Anyway, you get what I mean, you lot. No, we get, we get it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, right. So this one, obviously, this feeds into nicely, actually. Um, I can't stop feeling like I'm being left behind and not progressing enough in life. Um, for example, in a job, being married all of the things that kind of come with growing up and becoming an adult. Mm. God, honestly, like you're preaching to the choir, sister. It is, <laughs> it is just like those feelings are really uncomfortable at the best of times. And those feelings, it, they're probably in every other person in the world at the moment, those feelings because of what's going on. Nobody feels like they've been able to progress. Nobody, everyone feels like they're on hold. We all think we've been robbed of a year. Mm. <laughs> and whilst we'll have learned so much in this year, it isn't the year that any of us envisaged. Like, yeah. 
No. I, you know, we didn't all foresee that we'd be working at home, barely getting dressed every day and not being able to spend time with friends, family, make the big leaps in life, progress at work, buy a house, get married, have a baby, like all of those things, like those milestones that society say that we're supposed to reach, but also that lots of us want as well. Mm. They, you know, they haven't been possible for so many of us because it's not felt like the right time because everything has felt really upside down and really difficult. So you cannot beat yourself up for that because it's not, it's not going to help you in the long run and essentially it's not your fault like you can't help any of this you've just got to try and really relax into it and know that we will get out of this and know that you can pick your life up exactly where you want and do what you want going forward Mm. and that it's not going to be detrimental to you it's just a year and you can still make all the changes and all the progressions that you want to going forward you've got a whole long lovely life to live yet It is so difficult. I think everyone is feeling the same thing as well. And also, no matter what age you're at or no matter where you're at in your life, there's Mm. something that makes the grass feel greener and something that you feel like you're not achieving because we've had so much stripped away from us, which is so difficult. And I keep really stressing, like, we're recording this on the 2nd of February. And yesterday I felt weird all day, partly because January had gone. Mm. And on the one hand, at the moment, you're wishing time away, which is really uncomfortable feeling in itself. Yeah. But then on the other hand, every month that goes by, I'm like, oh my God, that's another month and I've achieved nothing. I've moved nothing forward. I'm worrying about the same things. I'm stood still in the same place. Yeah. And it's making me worry about my age in a way that I never, ever, ever have before. And not in the sense that I feel old, but in the sense that I feel creeping through the end of my late 20s, which... I've never put pressure on myself about a certain age, but suddenly I'm like, oh, but I need to be settling down with the right person soon because that 30 number's coming up and that has never mattered to me. I never would Mm. if I wasn't trying to find these arbitrary things that I feel like I should be getting towards because I'm not getting towards anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, total sense. Total, total sense. So it's like pulling meaning where I would never normally have it yeah just and it's, because there's nothing at the moment it's so no. hard and it's do you're a good example of this because it's doing it to people who ordinarily wouldn't care about that kind of thing at all yeah. but because we've got so much time in our hands and because like the situation is really scary it's it's forcing us to think about things in ways that we would never consider before because it's you know you're too laid back or whatever and it's just yeah, like it's just yeah. life and it's fine and we all age and we all go through these things but then these pressures are becoming more and more prevalent like I went through, when we were in the first lockdown, so mainly all of last year, <laughs> I, um, I felt lots and lots of pressure and like I'd really been robbed of the year. And then as we've come into this second lockdown now, I'm kind of coming out of that and I'm like, do you know what? Like the end is in sight now. And yes, we don't have an end date for this lockdown here in the UK. We don't exactly know when everybody's going to be vaccinated and safe, but the programme is rolling out at really high speed now mm. and it's all going in the right direction. And so, yes, it'll be a year, you know, if not a little bit more than a year that we've all had to put our plans on hold, but it will pick up again and we'll all be okay and we'll be able to achieve everything. I bet there'll be like a mass exodus of the UK, everybody going on a holiday. (laughs) Nobody left. Yeah, and it'll be like the roaring 20s. Yeah, again, 2020s. Yeah, and it all came after that, didn't it? So it all came after that disease. So I I um, think the bottom line is that what this person's feeling, everyone's feeling. God, yeah. The people, the feeling of being left behind is hundred percent coming from a comparison as well of, yeah. like if you're looking at your peers, and maybe this isn't a healthy way to look at it, but just know that they'll be feeling that as well. Like yeah. even you and Ireland, we're in different circumstances because you're mm. 
there with a boyfriend who you've been with for years and I'm on mm. my own. But I know, and that's something that I want often, like, I wish I was here with a partner. Yeah. But then, obviously, we speak so much and I know that you've got that, but then there's something else that you strive to. Yeah, of course. And reminding yourself of that, it's like the yeah. happiness thing of whatever it is. it is you think you want, there would then be the next thing that you're after. And that's just yeah. what human nature is. We can't stop it. It is, and, like, massively, it, it's, it feels like... You're never fully satisfied. There's always the next yeah. thing. And that's 100% my character is like, okay, I've done that. I've completed that. That's great. I'm fulfilled. I'm really proud of that. Now what? Like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can't sit still. And so this has been quite torturous this year because we've not been able to go out, let alone achieve massive things from our, from our laptops. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. it's, it's hard. And also, there's, there's something to be said. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Both of us have got similar worries and we've been going through you know the same cycle of worry all the time and we were like if one more person says to us don't worry everyone's feeling the same like everyone's going through something we're like fuck off you're not going through this something i want a resolution to my something like i don't care if karen down yeah karen down the road is like fucked up a banana bread fourth time in a row i don't care about that i just want my situation resolved right and i know that everyone's struggling but it's not going to help me knowing that i just want my problem sorted and like honestly like obviously we all care about everybody but when it's your intense feeling and you're locked up yeah. with it and you actually can't it's so uncomfortable to like sit with because you can't go and see your mates you can't go and do something that distracts you and just gives you some peace for 10 minutes it's really hard yeah. and so don't feel you know don't feel like you've got to be like oh well you know everyone's going through the same everyone's going through something yeah that's fine but it's all relative so you're allowed to wallow you're allowed to feel how you feel but please also know that you aren't alone <laughs> yeah yeah Right, should we do one last one, which I've got here, yes. which is quite a practical one to end on. Yeah, go on. After such philosophical conversations. I know, um, go on. How to create a routine when working from home. i got loads of questions like this. Me too. It made me realise we've done it for so long that we, we've not had to adapt to that this year, but no. lots of people are suddenly like, shit, I live and work in the same place all of a sudden. Yeah, how on earth do I separate all of this? <laughs> right, okay, well, for me, I... I'm lucky that I've created a little office space so it's separate from <laughs> from the dog and from <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> and I think that's been really valuable, actually having some somewhere like a separate space. It doesn't have to be a full room or office or anything, but just create, carve out mm-hmm. a separate space so that it feels different to the rest of the house so that you've got some quiet time. You can get on with whatever you need to do work-wise because what I struggled with at first was I was working in the kitchen table and my partner was also working at the kitchen table and we were like, right, who's going to murder the other today and how long is it going to take? Because you need separation. Like you're living and working together. But yeah. even if you're on your own, I, I, what I struggled with the most was the separation from the day to the night because you're in the same space. So that's why I found creating a space for work is really helpful because by the time the evening comes and you finish work, you can close down your computers and tot off into another place in the house which is then for relaxing time for like you're winding down in an evening because where I was in the kitchen before then I'd just stand up and cook or just stand up and put the telly on like I was all in the same space and it was too much so I really feel like carving out some separate space is really beneficial and just trying to kind of really like start your day you'll probably say the same thing like start your day with a routine like you would if you were getting up to go out to work so you make your bed you go downstairs put the kettle on you wait for that to boil, make your brew, have your brew in your pyjamas kind of thing and go up, yeah. get yourself a bit ready for the day 
start your laptop up in the process and then by the time you're there you've got your brew you feel a bit more ready and then mm. you're you're kind of ready to go um I think the the lovely thing about working at home is that you can wander about and get a biscuit and you can wander yeah, about yeah. the garden or if you go if you have your lunch break you can go out for a full walk yeah. um and take that time away from your space because it is really hard to constantly be at your desk all day I was saying to Lizzie this last few days has been really really busy for me work-wise and I've just had nothing but a headache because I've pushed and pushed myself thinking I need to complete everything when really I should have just been out walking instead Mm -hmm. because you know it's not like I'm fighting fires here (laughs) (laughs) what do you think what's your kind of routine what gets you sorted um stuff like getting dressed every day is a big one for me I need to take a leaf out of your book. I'm I was going to say, it's so personal because you don't, you, you get dressed but into nice comfies, whereas yeah. I have to get dressed into like jeans and something, yeah. even if it's jeans and a big jumper. Yeah. And I often wear shoes around the day. This is such a small, silly one, but I bought some Birkenstocks. How many months have I had those awful Birkenstocks for now? Quite a while. Yeah. And those feel like they've been a game changer. Some shoe that you put on that's not a slipper, but not like a full shoe. And like an indoor some... shoe that you don't yes. go outside in. Yeah. Well, I do okay. go outside in them sometimes, oh, I will say. Sake. <laughs> Glad you're not with sometimes. me. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that sounds so silly, but sometimes it is those little practical things that can make you feel quite different when you're at home. Yeah. Because the monotony of it can be quite overwhelming. Exactly what Lynn said. You've got no separation unless you create that separation yourself. Mm. Um, and little bits like that have always made quite a big difference to me. Like, a new notebook as well like at the start of a certain project that helps oh, stationary you. yeah yeah something that I don't know kind of invigorates what work feels like because when you're working at home that's all down to you because there's no one else to do it for you in an office or in mm. your office space or whatever so small practical things like that um, I actually like working in my in the main room and I've had an office in my old flat which I then never use and I always sat in the main room but I think that's just because I'm on my own and so yeah. wherever I'm sat I'm not distracted by another person and yeah. I actually prefer living and existing in the main space of the house because it makes the whole thing feel more lived in um but again it's entirely personal so you've sort of got to do a bit of trial and error with it um and and then it's different for us because whenever we have moved you move with it in mind of like well I am going to be working here because I work from home mm-hmm. whereas I feel for people who live in a space that they never had to consider that they'd work in it as well and now suddenly have to try and make it work have to buy a desk and a chair and all of that yeah, business shove it in a corner somewhere <laughs> oh god I know and um, like you were saying as well Lizzie with like those small things that might be practical but also like lighting a candle, having some yeah, fresh yeah. flowers on your desk, like those really nice things that just brighten brighten it up. If you, it's just about making it a really nice space to be sat, really, yeah. and comfortable yeah. too. And again, there's a difference. I was going to say that work out when you're most productive. So mm. I actually don't really work that much in the afternoons. So I'm good to know one between two and four generally. <laughs> um, I just can't concentrate. No. But we, it's a bit different for us because we're our own boss, so you can choose to mm. not do something then whereas obviously if you've got calls in or whatever you can't avoid it no. but you will from working at home start to break out of like the traditional nine to five structure and maybe realize that actually I'm really productive between the hours and six and twelve in the morning or whatever yeah and you can do all of your work within that time yeah um, so when you start to learn that as well you can structure your own day a bit more yeah absolutely and don't be afraid like obviously everybody's got responsibility to be working a nine to five or whatever, you know, a lot in your eight hours a day, but 
we're not in normal times. You're not sat in an office. You're at home mm. and you're doing the best you can. You're trying to cope with the pandemic as well as working at home. Some of you might be homeschooling as well. So like juggling all of that mm. is a lot. So if you need to go for a couple of walks a day, then that is what you do in order mm. to re- like regain focus and keep your productivity levels. And as long as you're doing what you need to be doing work-wise, like Lizzie mm. said, if you can get that done by midday and then you're like, I'm maxed out. I don't feel good. Work's done. I need to watch Disney Plus. Then that is what yeah. you do. Like yeah. you, you, you just have to do what you've got to do. Yeah, and learn your own structures, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Oh well, what a lovely first episode to be back. And we should probably apologise for absolutely dropping off the face of the earth with the last, oh, yeah, the last did. season. It was just before Christmas, wasn't it? And Lizzie and I were not feeling good, so we were just yeah. like, do you know what, podcast, what? We just couldn't do oh. it, and it was just such a such a messy time before Christmas and in lockdown, out of lockdown, and. Yeah, we uh we struggled when I look didn't back we? over stuff like that. It makes me go cold. And then I think to myself, we're still in it. <laughs> I know, don't I know, honest to god. I mean, we laugh. I know. But only cuz we cry if we do. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. You've got to find the humor in all of it really, haven't you? <laughs> but yes, thank you all so much for for sending your little worries and questions into us. Um we couldn't be more thankful for all of your support and our Facebook group is popping up. Oh, yes. It's such a gorgeous community over there. So we'll put the link in the uh, Entail app again. Um, so feel free to come on over. It's like your open floor for help, advice, anything and everything. And everybody's so welcoming. So yeah, come and, come and join us if you'd like to. And we will be back, we promise, next week, <laughs> won't we? With a, a little part two of our Agony Ant. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode on the Entail app. Um, And we will see you in the next one. See you soon. Bye.